Hello, everybody. Um, just a quick message before the episode starts. Um, I was an idiot, and I overwrote the original watch-along segment of the podcast. So there's no watch-along this week. The watch-along will be back at some point. Um, I'll try and drop it during the week. If not, it will be next week's episode where you get to listen to that. But for the time being, this is just a news episode where um, we spend a lot of time speculating about who could replace Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. Enjoy. I'm the Doctor. I'm a Time Lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey, the constellation of Casterbaris. I hope the ears are a bit less conspicuous this time. You might be a Doctor, but I am... I'm a doctor. That's probably not the one you expect. Absolutely fantastic. All of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will. Hello, Where do you want to start? On the inside, the new Who Doctor Who Watch Along podcast. You're very excited, Tim. Well, I saw. I suddenly realised I was seeing it a lot slower than normal. Um, as always, joined by Harry. Hi, Harry. Hey, Tim. Um, first of all, apologies if my audio is slightly echoey this week. Um, I, I was in the kitchen when I decided when we decided we were going to record, and I didn't move from the kitchen, <laughs> so might be a little bit echoey. The oven's on in the background. We'll just see how this goes. But for the rest of the episode, when you actually get to the watch long segment, you'll be okay. You'll be um, back to normal. Um, we're going to go through the news. Whoop! You excited, Harry? Woo! Yeah, very excited. Very exciting stuff to talk about. So little to talk about, but so much time. Um, Revolution got its over. It's got its official viewing figures in. It originally had its overnight viewing figures for the actual night of its broadcast, which were four point three, four point thirty six million people. Um, oh no, that was. Hang on, what's going on here? Uh, that's the EastEnders. We don't do. Should we do an EastEnders podcast? I mean, we could do. Yeah. I've never watched an episode of EastEnders. Um, but the actual I've seen view- a couple here and there. The viewing figures for the episode, as far as I'm aware, they were um, 4.69 million watched it on the night. But since then, when they've added up people who have recorded it and watched it back and people who have caught up on iPlayer, that viewing figure for Revolution of Daleks goes up to 9.25, uh, sorry, 6.25 million. That's, that's pretty, um, yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty strong viewing figures. It's not as bad. It's quite good, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't know what the most viewed episode was. I think the most viewed episode was about 17 million, I think, when it was David Tennant. Mm. So, but I know like the last few seasons have really only been around 4 million. So for this big special to get, you know, a, you know, quite a big draw was quite good, I feel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's good, you know. <clears throat> pretty standard Doctor Who viewing figures that we're used to. Uh, I feel like I, I don't have any kind of numbers to compare with, but I feel like this is kind of this Jody's run is comparable to what um, Peter Capaldi's run was like mm. in terms of viewing figures. Yeah, I don't think there's much as a drop-off as, as some people would certainly like there to be. I wonder though if those viewing figures would have been as high if it was on Christmas Day. I feel they're high like that because New Year's Day television wasn't that remarkable this year. Mm. I mean, none of the festive television was that no. remarkable, but that's, you know, there's outside factors that have been uh, <laughs> quite impactful. Yes. Um, Doctor Who Revolution Daleks has an official rating of 6.25 million viewers. The final rating takes into account 
all those who recorded the program and watched it within one week. The ratings for Fem.2 was the top rated BBC program on New Year's Day, beating EastEnders, which had 4.63 million, and Mrs. Brown's Boys, which had 4.87. Um, I feel like we talked about Mrs. Brown's Boys enough last week. <laughs> it's not to have to go into it again this week. Overall, Doctor Who was the second um, for the day with Coronation Street claiming the top spot with 6.39 million, so only a little bit more than Doctor Who. Um, Doctor Who is likely to finish the week as the eighth most watched program, the same portion held by the New Year's 2020 program um, Spyfall. So it would fall around the same place as it has done in previous years. So um, between this time last year and now Doctor Who's kind of got maintained that uh, following that it had hasn't made any gains or losses No it seems to have done Yeah, it seems to be up there which is sort of makes you think I was going to say was quite surprised considering Jack came back but I suppose the only people who really care if Jack comes back are the fans bringing Jack back isn't I really going to bring in random audience members I don't feel I feel like there, there may be some people and it, it, you know way i'm surprised because i know that um there are a lot of people i saw an online discourse who kind of said or at least claimed that they were going to stop watching after the time as children um so even if that is the if that is the case that means then people have definitely come back because of maybe a mixture of festive doctor who john barrowman coming back or maybe it's just that um the exact same people who are watching last year are the exact same people who are watching this year who knows yeah. Um, the most watched program for the week ending the 3rd of January was Happy New Year Live with 9.92 million watching London mark the start of 2021. Now that was pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I know this was all two weeks ago, but that was really cool what they did with the drones in London. Yeah, like the uh, kind of drones laser light show. I think it's cool. Um, I hope that um, for the future they kind of continue doing a mixture of kind of technical stuff and fireworks just because it kind of was refreshing. They should put fireworks on drones and fly them around London. Just get the crap out of everybody. I'm not. I'm not sure that uh, that sounds more like a Doctor Who episode, Tim. <gasps> it's evil that drones easy. shooting fireworks <laughs> around. Um, in other news, uh, Christopher Eccleston's ninth Doctor audio adventures. We've had a title. We've had cast. We've had writers. We've had episode names and a cover reveal. Let's go. I'm going to talk about the cast a little bit more with Harrison. At a later date. So, but we're mainly going to talk about the titles and the uh, the uh, the actual yeah. cover art. We've only the cover which we've received is just for the first story, correct? Uh, Ravagers. Well, oh, Ravagers. Ravagers. Ravagers or Ravage? Yeah, Ravagers is the ish is the name of the first volume, and within the first. Okay, so volume, is this there one is three, story or a? There okay, are, there is three individual stories. I'm not 100 percent sure if they will be connected. But all three stories are written by Nicholas Briggs, it seems. Yes. Okay. So that makes me think maybe if there, there's going to be four volumes of this, and this is only the first one we've seen, if maybe mm. these four Is Nicholas volumes... writing all... No, go on, go on. Is Nicholas Briggs writing all of them, or are other writers being brought in, or is that not something we um, know it's, currently? It's not said yet, but I imagine it's going to be different writers. Hmm. Um, I'd be quite interested though to see if these different box, these different volumes, are going to take place over different time periods, or if it's just going to be one continuous, you know, from the start, whatever the start of Ravages is, to the very last episode of the last 
um, volume, if they're all going to take place mm. within the same time period, or are we going to go from, you know, the start of his era, the middle bit, maybe a little bit with Rose, because nothing like that's been announced yet. Yeah, I mean, looking at this cover, it's quite evident that Billy Piper Rose is not going to be a part of this story, which to me must mean it kind of takes place in one of those periods, you know, during the episode of Rose where the Ninth Doctor was mm. off on one of his, you know, many journeys that, um, uh, what's the name of the guy who Rose went to see in that episode? Oh, his name was... Clive? Clive, that's right. Clive you know, or Clive, I'm guessing. I can't remember. Mm. Sorry, can uh, we stop for a second? Sorry, my brother just came in the room. Oh, no, it's okay, I'll let it around that. Um, just let me do a load of clapping so I can see it on the timeline. You ready? Yep. Ta-da. Um, if we're going to talk about the cover for a second, let's try and break down what we can see. There's a lot of different time periods going on here, it seems. Mm, there's definitely a, there's a century in there. Yeah. A Roman. There's an army tank. Uh, there's are, there's, some... are those like French Revolution era soldiers? Or is that like. I was hoping America... you were going to tackle that one because my history knowledge is. I, I, I'm not. Too, honestly, <laughs> my history is very, very rusty. <laughs> um, um, what some kind that? of civil war period. And what seems to be Weasel, or whatever his name is, from the Portal video games. The little round ball thing with a light. Or is that yeah, t- yeah, I mentioned that. Uh, looks like 343 Guilty Spark there with his uh, light. It looks uncannily similar to him. Yeah. There is uh, a, the big giant robot in the background. Yeah, looks like something out of Real Steel, if anyone but me remembers that film. <laughs> no, I remember Real Steel. I never saw it, but I remember I saw it in the cinemas. It's pretty good, actually. Actually, I saw it on TV a few years ago, and it holds up a lot better than you'd expect a film about Hugh Jackman controlling a boxing robot to hold up. Um, one thing that's noticeable is that behind him is what seems to be the floor of the TARDIS. Uh, the so- oh, is that... I didn't realise that's what it was. There's, like, the big hexagonal behind him, which is, like, a niche which seems to be the floor of the TARDIS, and then there seems to be two round things around him as well. Ah, yes, of course. And yeah. obviously we have, uh, flying out of that explosion, we have the Ninth Doctor's uh, TARDIS. Always nice to see that TARDIS design. Well, I, I was looking at it, and it looks a little different. I don't know if it... I, it looks like the so? Ninth Doctor's, but I think they've maybe got an image of maybe Matt's TARDIS and just tweaked it slightly. No, Mass Tardis was definitely like bulkier than that. What, do you think yeah, that, but, that bulkier than the Ninth Doctor's Tardis well, the, was? The only, re- the only reason I raise question is is because I know how big Finnish do their artwork. So, for example, this photo that you're looking at now of Christopher Eccleston, that body mm-hmm. and that head are taken from two different photo shoots, and the artist Tom Webster has just merged them together. Mm-hmm. So it makes me maybe think that maybe this Tardis that we're looking at is actually two yeah. Tardises merged into one. Can I ask, uh, I don't know if this is deliberate, but do you know what the explosion might be a callback to? Uh, nope. <laughs> um, did you ever, have you never seen the um, original 2005 teaser for series one of Doctor Who? 
Oh yeah, where he's running down a hallway and there's the explosion behind him. Yeah, there's an explosion. Is it the explosion? If I remember correctly, looks very similar to the one that um, we've got the Ninth Doctor standing in front of now. I don't know if that's deliberate or not, or maybe it's just because they wanted that you know very early two thousands um, uh, contrast of blue and orange. But either way, it's very cool. It's very I know cool. a lot of people really wanted to have maybe the cover of this look a lot like the early days two thousand and five Doctor Who DVD covers. Mm. I mean, to me, it feels like it's kind of a fusion of that era's art style and the kind of general big finish art style, which is very cool. I very like, I like very much kind of the aesthetic that the uh, big finish covers go for. Yeah, no, they are great. Um, I'll read you a little bit here what I found on Doctor Who News.net. Cover art and the story title for the first volume of Big Finish Doctor Who, the Knife Doctor Adventure starring Christopher Eccleston, are unveiled today. Um, due to be released on, in May 2021, so not long to go, Doctor Who The Knife Doctor Adventures Ravages, or Ravager is a full cast audio drama box set comprising three fantastic stories written by Big Finish creative director Nicholas Briggs. Joining Christopher Eccleston for his best audio odyssey through time and space are Camilla Beeput um, as Nerva, a gallery chief, uh, a gallery chef from the Spheres of Freedom. And who else do we have? There is somebody else joining, but they seem to have Jane McKenna. Jane McKenna, that's right. Uh, as Audrey, yeah, there you go. And um, the oldest gamer mm. in Freedom City. And uh, the Knife Doctor Adventures is now available to pre-order exclusively at Big Finish website. That is www.bigfinish.com for just nineteen ninety-nine. The story includes the first volumes. Um, the, <laughs> the story included. In this first volume are the following. So you're ready for the titles. They are Sphere of Freedom. Um, oh, here we go. There's a big word. Catacillum? How would you pronounce that? Can you see the word? Do you know what I'm on about here? Uh, have you got it up on your screen? Um, let me let pronounce me... it. Cataclysm. Apologies. And um, Food Fight. So we're going to get you're gonna get three stories across the four different volumes, it seems. Yeah, it's interesting. The, the titles give so little away. Yeah, those are very, very vague. There's no kind of, you know, um, invasion of the Cybermen or something like that that quite clearly gives away what might be happening. I mean, obviously, judging from this cover, we aren't going to be seeing any classic Who monsters unless one of the two robots are, in fact, classic Who monsters I don't recognise. But nothing super iconic in this first instalment. Do you think there's a possibility we could get something with the Master and the Knife Doctor? Which master? That's well, the question. It would the thing is... Well, it wouldn't be Derek Jacobi because he doesn't recognise him. So you would have to go before Derek Jacobi. This is where it gets slightly confusing with um, Doctor Who because Big Finish have their own collection of masters. We may as well go straight into it because it is 50 years um, of... Uh, sorry, 30 years of the master or is it 50 years of the master? I think 30, it's, 30. 30. it's 30. It's 30 years. Yeah. 30 Years of the Master, um, so Big Finish released Masterful, which I haven't listened to. Um, have you listened to it, Harry? No. Nope. <laughs> um, and it includes um, almost every single master. It literally includes every master that has ever been, um, plus some ones that have been designed only for Big Finish. So there's a possibility that maybe they could just put one of their own masters in there? The thing with that is... Um... My understanding is that when the 10th Doctor 
discovers the master, yeah. he's surprised that the master is alive at all because yeah. he just presumed that every Time Lord, including the master, was killed at the end of the Time Lord. I mean, Time War. Um, yeah. So if they wanted a Ninth Doctor to meet either the Master or um, River Song, they'd then have to do it that their mind by the end of that story was wiped for yeah. kind of continuity in the show to be maintained. No, you are right. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Uh, do you have a favourite Master story? Um, I've only watched New Who, so it's hard <laughs> to say for me. Um, perhaps... I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Um, because it's hard for me to separate my favourite master stories from my favourite master depictions. Okay, um, so what's your favourite master depiction? Um, in New Who, um, there's um, John Sims' final um, appearance as a master in yeah. uh, Series 10. And then my favourite, favourite New Who master is um, Sasha Dowen. I think that he is just excellent pitch perfect yeah well, mine is master so maybe maybe spyfall just because of how much i enjoy watching sasha Dowen. yeah sasha Dowen's great i haven't seen enough of him yet to fully form a proper opinion but um for me it is john sim i think he's amazing and also the fact that he's in life on mars also swings out a lot for me do you have a preference between uh tenant hero john sim and Capaldi or Tom Sim, because they're quite different. Yeah. Even the two tenant stories John Sim appears in, every time he appears at the master in the show, he's quite radically different. Yeah, I suppose it's hard to not look... I suppose the Capaldi era master is my favourite, but I don't necessarily think that's the best story that that, doctor, that, that master was in. Mm, okay. Yeah, I so... kind of agree with that, yeah. Um, while we're talking about um, Big Finish... Um, we've got some news on the new Out of Time. We spoke about it last week. We want to talk about all the things David Tennant's going to be returning for. Um, Out of Time 2, The Gates of Hell, with David Tennant and Peter Davison will feature the Cybermen. How do you feel about that, Harry? That's That should be fun. One question I wonder is, are they going to acknowledge the events of Time Crash in that? I feel are they, they going to canonise that Children in Need special? You think they will? I think it already is canon, I think. So um, maybe just have a little throwaway line where it's, oh, it's you again, or something like that, because this mm. will be the only time... Well, I... <laughs> that, sorry, this will be the second time that they've met. So it's, you know, yeah, and it's the only time the Tenth Doctor yeah. can remember meeting another incarnation of himself. Yeah, maybe some joke about um, the Fifth Doctor looking younger mm-hmm. than he was before. <laughs> no, I hope they don't. I hope they keep old age him up again, even for audio. <laughs> Just have we seen the cover yet? Have we seen the cover? Um, no, we haven't seen the cover yet, no. It would be quite fun if they just like said, screw it, let's have an older Pete Davison. <laughs> Again, every time. <laughs> mm. uh, uh, I was about to say, then they could have had the 10th doc, you know, Tennant and Davison do like a fun photo shoot together, but I realised that Tennant looks older than he did when he was the 10th Doctor, so never mind. Um that's it for news, really. I don't have anything else to talk about. Do you, Harry? Um, well, obviously, you and Harrison have already spoken about um, mm-hmm. the 14th Doctor rumours, and I would not mind, you know, throwing <laughs> my own one-two in the ring. No, that's okay. That, that's, not, that's not a saying. That's not a saying. <laughs> throwing my own one-two. In... What is it? Throwing my know. own hat in the ring? Is that 
Possibly, yeah. I feel like I just make up sayings or throw them together. I shouldn't speak. Why am I on a podcast? (laughs) Um, No, of course, we were going to talk about this anyway. I've still got loads of suggestions, but I haven't got through yet. Mm. Um, And then me and Harrison went through some of those. I want to go listen to that. Um, Go listen to that. Do you want to go first with some of your suggestions? Uh, Yeah, I mean, most of mine are kind of based off rumours, what bookies have started saying. Um, I'd like to, first of all, kind of return to one of the ones which you and Harrison brought up and were enthusiastic about, and what I believe has been voted by fans to be kind of the most wanted Doctor, which is Richard Ayoade. He's literally on telly now. He's on the, he's on the is TV he? here. What's How he much... doing? Is it Travel Man? It is Crystal Travel A's? Man. <laughs> I think my dad's watching it. Um, <laughs> but... so, can you guess who he's travelling with? No, I couldn't. Oh, okay, fair enough. Leave your comments and suggest who you think he could be travelling with. Sorry, Harry, carry on. But no, yeah, I kind of am pretty much in the same camp as most Doctor Who fans in which I I've said for a couple of years now at least that um, Richard Iowardi would be absolutely brilliant mm. as the Doctor um, you know he's great I think he kind of has everything you could want uh, from an, an actor playing Doctor I think possibly my only reservation is that kind of nowadays with stuff such as Charlie Man, Crystal Maze. He does much more presenting work. I mean, mm. unless acting work, that didn't stop Bradley Walsh, of course. But there is the possibility that in the public eye, Richard Iwadi is seen too much as Richard Iwadi rather yeah. than as an actor. And that if you were to play the role, you wouldn't be able to think of him as the 14th Doctor and just think of him as Richard Iowardi as the Doctor. Yeah, I don't you would, think... yeah, I know what you mean. You'd be watching it and you wouldn't see the Doctor, you would see Richard Iowardi. Hmm. I mean, I don't think... I think that's a very small point against him. I, hmm. If he was revealed, I would be, you know, elated. Because um, I think he's kind of got everything you could want from a Doctor. Yeah. Well, I've got two suggestions here. And... The reason I'm going to bring them up first is because I'm not 100% sure about them. I'm not sure if... I think they should have played the Doctor at some point, but not now. I feel like maybe the moment has passed for them to play the Doctor, but at some point, maybe in the last 10, 20 years, they would have been perfect. And the two people I've got are Robert Carlyle and Nicholas Lindhurst. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So so Robert Carlyle... I've heard those things being thrown around. Robert Carlyle, a lot of people might know best on Train Spotting, but I'm talking about when he was doing stuff like the Full Monty, that sort of era. Robert Carlyle would have mm. been great. Maybe now. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it now. Was but... Doctor Who on TV when that came out, though? I don't think it was. No, that's the only problem. <laughs> yeah. And Nicholas Lindhurst, who now I do feel he's maybe too old to do it. He doesn't. I know, like Capaldi looks old. But I, I, not to throw shade on Capaldi, but he still looks like the Doctor. Whereas I love Nicholas Lindez. I, I cannot talk about how much I adore Eddie Fogging Horses and how much I adore Rodney. But when I see Nicholas Lindez now, I'm like, oh man, you look old. <laughs> I think there's you know al- I mean? also the fact that um, when you've already played a really iconic character such as Rodney and only Fools and Horses, yeah. can you then also play another iconic character such as the Doctor? Yeah. Or would you just see, you know, Rodney from Only Fools as the Doctor. Well, it's not going to stop um, Chris Marshall. <laughs> Chris Marshall. Have you already discussed Chris Marshall? 
We haven't. I would like to say, I think Chris Marshall would be a great doctor, and I think he would be just fine. But what I don't like is the fact that every news outlet goes, yeah, it's going to be Chris Marshall with no evidence. I feel like, I mean, I don't know. Um, I've not watched Death in Paradise. I'm sure he's a great actor. And from what you've told me, there are, there's a lot in his performance in Death in Paradise that kind of suggests he would be able to play the doctor yeah. very well. Though part of me kind of feels like a lot of the reason why people have kind of rallied behind him is because he's ginger and the whole, you know, lingering <laughs> thing of a doctor always saying they yeah. want to be ginger. Well, I know last I know. time it was because, last time the rumours went around, it was because he left Death in Paradise like the same month it was announced that Capaldi was leaving Doctor Who. So people quickly weighed it up. Right. And, okay. Okay. So who do you have? Who's on your list? Um... I really only have another two key ones I want to talk about. One of them I saw at some point from one article, it might be Metro, uh, slated her as the uh, bookie's favourite, which is uh, Michaela Cole. Uh, the, the one you sent star... me? Yeah, she's the star of um, and creator of both uh, Chewing Gum and um, I May Destroy You. Mm. Um, I've not watched I May Destroy You, but I've heard very, very good things about it. I have seen some bits of chewing gum and she's very good in that. Um, from everything I've seen, I think she would do an excellent job. I mean, I feel like every actor we bring up would be able to bring something to Rolf Doctor and do an excellent job. 100%. Um, my one question is, would someone like Michaela Cole, who's obviously such a creatively involved person in a lot of her projects, would she choose to do something like Doctor Who where she would have less creative control over, you know, another thing which she could write and direct and produce. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I, from what I've heard from Moffat and Russell is that writing Doctor Who is just the biggest ball ache. And they seem to really enjoy it, but it just constantly stresses them out. So the fact that you would then have to write it, produce it, direct it and star in it. I'm not saying that she personally would. I mean, that's something that's ever been done. We've never had a doctor also be a writer and producer for show. How would yeah. you feel if that happened? I think it would be if, okay. Say, the, someone the, like... only, the only other example I can think of is Ricky Gervais. Um, not to play the doctor, but in that same field of writing and directing and starring his own stuff. And for that, it works. For six episodes of a sitcom or a comedy, I feel it works. For a sci-fi show with such a big legacy where I imagine planning it takes... Because you know that when they're, when they're filming Series 5, they're planning Series 6. Mm. So I don't necessarily know if you could do that and also give a 100% committed performance to the role as well. I mean, that being said, I say that, but if Michaela did come on, obviously... Kind of the rumors are Jodie leaving specified that Chibnall would stay on, and I imagine that would be the case. Yeah. And you know, actors like we bring up Richard Iwadi, he's written, produced, and directed and kind of starred and stuff himself. You know, like um, Garth Ringy's Dark Place is yeah. a key example. So it's by no means something, and it's not like Michaela Cole doesn't just do stuff that she creates. So I yeah. still think it's within the realms of possibility. It's just a question of whether she'd prioritize doing something like Doctor Who, which is quite a big commitment over maybe pursuing something more personally. Yeah. Um, if, if Chibnall, it does seem, will be staying on if, these, if it is meant to be true, which, may, which threw me back into Broadchurch. I was like digging around in Broadchurch to see 
who had been on projects that could mm. be um, of interest. And one of these I know you'll definitely want to talk about is, um, so the first one is Simone Ackerley. She's a really brilliant female actress. She was in, a, did you see Broadchurch? I saw the first two series. I didn't see yeah. series three. Okay, so you'll probably remember that the father, Mark Latimer, has an affair. Yes. And Simone Ackley plays the character who he has an affair with. I remember, yeah. 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 Jodie so has a great scene where she confronted her. In she it. does, she does. Yes, that's true. So that would be great. And Jonathan Bailey, who is a younger actor, he played the budding reporter in that, ah, in yes, that series. Ah, yes, I remember. Yeah. yeah, and I think if... I, I, re- I retweeted that on our Twitter account of these two numbnuts being asked what they thought. Did you see it, what they thought of Jodie Whittaker leaving Doctor Who on BBC News? And um, they asked this guy, they said, do you watch Doctor Who? He went, no, I do not watch Doctor Who because this is a children's programme. And then they asked, they asked the other woman and they said, what do you think? And she went, well, I think the BBC has clearly shown it's trying to appeal to a younger demographic. So I think they should possibly cast a YouTuber. Wait, uh, who, who are these two people? Are these the actors from Broadchurch? No, these, are, these are just two people who just happened to be on BBC Breakfast at this time when they were doing like the news, when they were going okay, over. Okay, like, so the... they weren't like television correspondents, actors, no. right? They had no... They were just okay. two random people. It was the most bizarre thing. Um, okay, because is this like the thing where on BBC News they bring in like people to talk about the headlines? Yes. So it's like those, like the headlines people. Yeah. Um, God, now I'm thinking about like <laughs> if they YouTube. brought in like Joe Sug to be the doctor. <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. I could see it. Um, I feel so, he's a bit young right now. But... Yeah. Someone who was in Broadchurch, <laughs> yes. I know you want to talk about, is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yes, yes. I did kind of, I was snooping around for Broadchurch cast list as well. And I did see Phoebe Waller-Bridge, which mm. I could not help but notice because she, of course, is another one, which a lot of the rumours and the bookies are talking about. I remember she was discussed when it came to who could be the 13th Doctor. And of course, she's been discussed again now. I feel like when it came to the 13th Doctor, she very much could have been a viable pick. Now, I think she's far too big of a name. Um, Obviously, Fleabag has been like, you know, a huge success, not just here, but internationally it's been acclaimed. Um, I don't know how much she's kind of broken the west the west definitely know who she is yeah um because i know she was in she was in so style stories a droid um uh the the main reason i say i know that the west know who she is is because jimmy fallon did a section on his uh, show where he had a sketch where he was harry styles making the new music video and there were bits where he was facetiming someone pretending to be Phoebe Waller-Bridge yeah, and they were that, yeah. making jokes that were quite explicitly references to Fleabag. Oh, so really? okay. There, yeah, so there is no awareness of who both Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Fleabag is in the West. Um, not, not the West. I say the West. We're in the West. The UK is the yeah. West. You mean America? I mean, <laughs> in America. Yeah. In the States. The okay. States is the word I was yeah. looking for. Somebody else who I've got. I've, but yeah. The rest, of my, the rest of the people on my list are all female, so we'll try and rattle through these. Um, from Killing Eve, I've got Jodie Comer and Sandra O. Oh. I feel like it's not. Is Killing Eve not still going on? I feel like it's finished. I think it's finished. I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like that show is like massive. Like Killing Eve right now is bigger than modern Doctor Who is. So I feel yeah. like to go from Killing Eve to Doctor Who would almost be 
a step down career wise imagine like those actresses now will be kind of eyeing up hollywood you know yeah. well okay so what about vicky mcclure from line of duty i'd be for that yeah line of duty is great yeah um who else do we have tamsin greg from friday night dinner and episodes Ooh, that's interesting yeah I i've not that considered was... <laughs> tamsin greg because that's she does my ears up for those who don't know in the uk we have a long-running radio program called the arches which is basically like a soap opera on the radio, and she's involved in that. She also re- recently did a drama on ITV that didn't do too well, but I understand that she was very good as a dramatic actress in that. And also, we know she can do comedic roles. So I think that would be... I think Tamsin Greg would be a really good shout at Doctor Who. I'm thinking about it right now. Have you seen... Uh, I actually, I think I actually saw a meme which lined up the cast of Friday Night Dinner and ranking them from likely to most least likely to be the next Doctor. And they did put Tamsin Greg as the number one. Yeah. And I'm thinking the main thing I know her from is uh, the National Theatre production of Twelfth Night, mm. um, where she was playing uh, Malvolio, who's normally a um, male character. But it's kind of one of the... Um, one of the most significant roles in the piece. Yeah. And she was in it and she was very funny. She had a she had a real intensity to it. I could see her really working. Yeah. Okay, so another one I've got here. I is... could <laughs> go, no, go on, go on, go on. Sorry, no, that's actually that actually has got me one of the first names that's got me really excited. Hamza <laughs> Greek sounds like yeah. of all the names we've discussed, that's one of the ones which to me is the most one of the most viable yeah that'd be um, really good someone i've got who was in doctor who and i think could be quite interesting um sophia miles from girl in the fireplace did she play madame pompadour she did play madame de pompadour oh du pompadour i don't know yeah <laughs> interesting See, I just think if Capaldi could do it, and Capaldi was in such a a monumental episode and such an important role in that episode, then why not just do the same with Sophia Miles if they were to bring her back? Why has she picked this face and such a... Or just never address it. Maybe, yeah. I'm trying to think now. um, She used to date David Tennant as well. Of characters who've been in... Yeah, I'm trying to think now um, of kind of actors who've been in new who of stories who could potentially David come Mitchell. back as a doctor david mitchell i'd that'd be a laugh yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay well what about robert webb <laughs> robert webb that'd be a laugh yeah i yeah. mean even i don't think either of them would um <laughs> but sure why not what about david williams <laughs> Oh, I can't see that. I can't see David Williams as no, a doctor. No, me neither. I knew you wouldn't like We're that just going to reel off just kind of <laughs> the most... <laughs> okay, the last one I got on my list, which is what I sent to you, you said you were going to talk to me about it on here, is Felicity Jones. Yes, you mentioned Felicity Jones, which I found interesting. Why do you think Felicity Jones? Well, I think she's a good actress. She could, Like everybody we've mentioned on here, she could do this. She would be just as good yeah, as yeah. anybody else we've mentioned. Um, possibly too big of a star to do it with being in that's a star my Wars. reservation but then maybe Doctor Who needs a big star to front it even if it's just for three seasons yeah okay I'm going to get to that point in a second I'm going to get to that point in a second um, first of all I want to say um, based on what we've talked about so far I don't think it's likely I was already saying Phoebe Waller-Bridge might be too big Yeah. and Felicity Jones was in the same 
Star Wars movie Phoebe was in, and she was playing an even more significant role than Phoebe was. So, you know, by that kind of deduction, I feel like Phoebe's too big. No, um, Felicity's too big. But I did think about that, what you just said of what if for even a brief stint, they brought in like a big A-list actor to play the Doctor? Because that's not been done before. That's never been done before. Um, It's almost kind of tradition at this point to pick kind of an up-and-comer to play the Doctor. But what if they went the other way? And that is interesting. That's interesting. Because then suddenly names which you would very quickly dismiss, like Eddie Redmayne or Benedict Cumberbatch, suddenly those become viable if you thought if they were to do that. I don't think Cumberbatch would do it. I know. I think he's even said he wouldn't do it. I think he. I think. He, I think when Tennant left and Moffat was taken over, I think they had a discussion about it. Um, but Cumberbatch basically said he just doesn't want his fate, which is what I'm about to say now contradicts everything to do with the MCU. But Cumberbatch said he just didn't like the idea of having his face on lunch boxes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, there's some good. There's some good choices in there. Um, I generally do think that it should be. Um, my instinct is to go for an unknown, but then after what we've just said, I really would like maybe just see just a random, really big name actor to do it for two years. I mean, yeah, if, if some kind of leak came out um, where it said like an A-list or Hollywood star was who the BBC were in negotiations with, yeah, I mean, it would definitely do the ratings favors, wouldn't it? Without a doubt, <laughs> it would. Um, anybody I'm trying else? To, like the biggest possible name. Now, like Steve Coogan, what if it was like <laughs> Steve Coogan's the biggest name you can think of? It is, it's got many I was about to say something it. like Dame, I was about to say something like Dame Judy Dench is the doctor. I was going <laughs> to go that insane. Um, I, I generally can't think of anybody because, in my mind, it, it still has to be a British actor. In my mind, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I want to establish that. I mean, yeah. I feel like the doctor at this point has been established quite clearly that they can be any race, any gender, yeah anything but i feel like you kind of have to draw the line at british <laughs> yeah they can be like, Scottish, you know, if, they can be english they can be irish but they have to be have we been welsh have we had a have, we've not had a welsh doctor, michael sheen we? there you go it's gonna be michael sheen i have heard michael sheen being thrown around yeah um, i mean he could certainly do it yeah definitely i don't know um, if he would 